Ladies and gentlemen, my own prescription is all phonics all the time. That means you learn words phonetically. You don't memorize shapes, i.e. sight words. Virtually all research supports that conclusion. There is one honorable exception. Some young students have excellent memories and start picking up words without any particular effort. Is that supposed to offend or contradict phonics? No, because it's happening without effort or awareness by the child. Why would anyone want to mention it? Spend class time singing nursery rhymes or anything similar rather than creating problems out of nothing. And let's address the big distinction. Memorizing a word as a graphic design is fundamentally different from knowing a word as a phonetic artifact. If the child understands that car rhymes with star and there's even a family resemblance, everything is fine. The one so-called problem arises because the education establishment cannot stand to let children learn phonics, not even a little bit. The war against phonics began in 1931 when the Communist International this is my uh, summary, launched a really unexpected and successful attack on American literacy by kicking phonics out of the schools. Ever since that time, the education professors have devised endless bogus attacks on phonics. Their biggest fear is that the people of America will wake up and realize you don't need a single sight word in your life. Teaching them should be punishable by jail time. The professors rewrite the meaning of their own jargon. Here's what education.com reports. Sight words are words that appear frequently in most of the text people read, but can't easily be sounded out. Stop. Right there is the big lie that has destroyed young readers for decades. First of all, if somebody's stuck in the sight word, sight word world, Every word is a sight word. You don't go back and forth from one type to the other. Education.com continues. Open quote. Learning these words helps children become more confident readers. This list of kindergarten sight words includes the most commonly used words every kid should know, also called high-frequency words. Although kids won't need to be able to read the sight words until the end of kindergarten, if you've got a pre-K child itching to get started with sight words, blah, 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 I would argue that all of that is nonsense. For one thing, there's probably never been a child itching to start with sight words. Most children hate the process, and that's why so many millions of readers remain at a stunted level. The weird complaint is that these words can't be easily sounded out. But let's look at this list. Consider the little group of words he, see, we, she, all perfectly phonetic. Well, that is fascinating. Let's verify what the problem here is. They are pretending that a child is learning the word as a sight word in the technical sense. But if the child knows that these words contain the same sounds, then none of the other concerns mean anything. Professors create a problem out of nothing move the words into a special category called high-frequency words, and then say that they can't, these words can't easily be sounded out. For a moment, consider what the professors recommended in the dawn of sight words. If a child couldn't figure out the word, the teacher was supposed to say it, and that's 
the whole process. Here's a quote from a famous professor. Open quote. The simplest solution when a child does not know what a word is is to tell him what it says. Close quote. There. That's the entire answer of the education establishment. See, at that point in the battle, they wanted to emphasize how easy sight words are. So they told the teacher, just say the word out loud and that will take care of everything. Not just 20 common words, but 100,000 words you'll need for college. You can tell the professors had it all worked out. Thank you. Overview. Let's Fix Education explores seven of my favorite themes. First, this podcast is a meditation on what I call the K-12 crime scene. So many destructive ideas. Understanding them is the key to fixing them. Two, by doing that we will have better schools at less cost. Three, nothing much changes decade to decade. The big questions of the 1930s were the big questions of the 1960s and the 1990s. Any subject we discuss can easily intersect with any other subject. Most people instinctively want traditional education, but the education establishment fills classrooms with progressive gimmicks. The result is that we have a standoff, and that's why you run into the same ideas over and over. Four, the big brains in education keep telling students, don't bother memorizing this or that. You can look it up later. B.B. King, the great guitarist, is much smarter. He said, the beautiful thing about learning is nobody can take it away from you. Five, Lennon's ghost wanders through our school system. The hard left thinks big. If they have to kill millions of people to build their perfect society, that's okay. Same goes for dumbing down millions of students. Totalitarians want power. They will do anything to get it. Six, if we are going to survive, we have to take each child to his or her limit. As it is, we are creating millions of subeducated students from K right through college. Seven, analyzing education, especially dysfunctional education, is a lot more intellectually interesting than most people suppose. You'll enjoy this. Finally, P.S. My book, Saving K-12, runs parallel to everything discussed on this podcast. I also have an education site, improve-education.org, with 70 articles that complement everything discussed here. And I have hundreds of articles on the Internet. Enter a topic in Google with my full name, Bruce Dietrich Price, and let Google make suggestions. Thank you for visiting.